Hey, it's Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Go Blues! Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason, along with Chris. Yo! So, unfortunately, well, we're back, and the good news is I can talk. You can? Always a bonus? So that's a bonus, so I can actually record. You sound uh, much better than the last time I talked to you? Yeah, my half my face was swollen, I, so I couldn't talk on the left side of my face. So, yep. real quick, behind the curtains thing, had surgery on the face, got some, some stuff uh, removed. Everything's fine now, but... Still numb on the left side That's of my so face. That's so weird. <clears throat> and my eye wasn't working apparently for half the time. That's also very weird. Yeah, so, but everything's back to normal. Good. Healthy-ish. So, we're good to go. So, unfortunately, healthy Not healthy, good he- to go. Healthy, I said healthy-ish. We were talking about the Blues. Uh, so, out of the playoffs in the first round, uh, like almost, like clockwork, weirdly, unfortunately, last year, obviously, but, you know, normal Blues. Hyped up and then out. I mean, this was the reverse of the Winnipeg series from last year. Yeah. Uh, so, Blues out in six against Vancouver. Yep. Um, we'll get into everything. In the game six, I'll bring up. I, it was one of those I really wish we recorded. We were here together to record because it reminded me of the... It's the Chicago the 2012 Chicago year. year. Yeah, yeah. 2012. Yeah, where we just got pissed and just went downstairs. Yep. Exactly that, where they just got blown the F out. I mean, look, you got to say this about the Blues. When they decide to, to get lit up, they do it. Epically, yeah. It uh, it wasn't great to say the least. So no. <clears throat> so we're gonna go through the not go game by. We'll do like game by game, but we'll talk about the highlights pretty much. Highlights, lowlights, whatever you want to call them for, for the first for the six games. And uh, we'll talk about the rest of the NHL. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about a uh, I say not popular, but let's see, long, long tenured commentator getting the at least temporary boot for NBC. Yep. So we'll get into that, and uh, we'll get a little bit of off-season stuff, but we're going to save that for our big off-season draft show sure. and uh, UFA uh, preview. So, Blues. Overall, they played nine games. If you include the round robin, then you include this. So in the nine games, they went two, six, and one. Technically ten games, because don't forget the Chicago game. So, yeah, so you can count that two, seven, and one. Yeah. So not great. And largely looked like dog crap. In all but two and a half of those games. Yeah. Maybe if you want to round up in a couple of periods here and there, three. Yeah. If you want to be generous. But overall, not – and you talked about this during the um, our last show where you're mm. saying the round robin one was like, oh, just getting tuned up and whatever. That was my hope. I mean – And I don't think they took it seriously. I don't think they did either. You know, I – the last time I recorded, if you don't remember those listening, was during the Chicago game. Yeah, where they weren't looking They looked great. bad. Yeah. Um, Bennington looked pretty decent, but the team as a whole wasn't doing much. They looked like uh, just not cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, their passes were off. Their defensive schemes were off. Like, it wasn't panic mode bad, but it was just like, boy, these guys have been off for a while. 
Um, yeah, about a four month ish, give or take break. Yeah. So you know, optimistically, my thought was these guys know they're good. They're just going to use this week to get the wheels underneath them and be ready to go when it means something. Um, the first game against Colorado, I thought that Bennington played great. I thought the defense played good, but the offense was not there. Yeah, and they barely lost that game with .1 seconds left. Correct. And but technically they had a – remember, if you remember in every single round-robin game. They had a lead going to the third. They had a lead going to the third period, and they blew it every game. Yeah. Um, you know, the game against uh, Vegas was just a no-defense game. Yeah. The offense was there, but – the defense was not. Yeah, so there was nothing. So Bennington wasn't crazy sharp. That like no. the Colorado game, very sharp. Great. Yeah. The next game, we were like, okay, he got peppered in the Chicago and thing game. Give him a game off, which he did. Yep. Uh, so we did the Dallas game, which I thought Allen played great. Which I we'll he talk, played which fine. We'll talk about, but once again, no uh, offense, no offense, and they, uh, I think it was the last what thirty five, forty seconds or so. Yep. Dallas scores, goes to a shootout, and we know how. Jake Shootout's Allen in the shootout is not good. And then we'll talk about Jake Allen, but – so not great. So the Blues we're, finished fourth Yep. overall, so that was the chance. In the shootout, they could have finished, finished third. They would have – they won that game, they would have faced Calgary. If they lost, they faced Vancouver. Which, for I, whatever reason, Vancouver has always had the Blues number. The, we have – the Blues officially have never beat the Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs now. Still. Yeah. What, 0-4? 0-4 now. So the Blues uh, – I thought would break in that streak this year, but they didn't. So <clears throat> we're getting to game. So game one, uh, not good at all, and defense is bad. Bennington, the Blues come back. I'm down two nothing, tied at two, and then a really bad goal from a basically defenseman walks in. And does nobody in front of Bennington? Not a, front, a wide open shot. Beats him between his pad and his underneath his arm. Three to two, and it just spirals out from there. And the Blues lose five to two. What what concerned me in this game? Well, not what concerned me. The first thing that made me go, "Uh oh," was it sure seemed like Vancouver had figured something out about Jordan Bennington, the blocker side, apparently. Yeah, Bo Horvat, low blocker side, ate him alive every day, games. all day. So the story of the uh, NHL for at least the first two games is Bo Horvat because he walked the Blues back to back games, like yeah, not just. Bennington, which that's one thing to make a goalie look dumb on a breakaway. Right. But beat a defenseman. I mean, this is the first game, 5-2. to two. The next game, which we're talking about on the 14th of August, the Blues lose an overtime here, which Horvat scored two goals again. Yep. Uh, the first goal, which I don't even – I can't even be mad. Cause no. Because it, it was just an amazing goal. He yep. walked – he on a shorthanded goal, he walked Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz. Two of your probably more defensively sound – yeah. Forwards? Yes. And same move, exact same almost the same exact move on Bennington. Yeah. Underneath the blocker, blocker side. side. Uh and it just didn't start great from there. Blues fought back, fought valiantly. Scored. Tied it with a half second Me left. And you watched this together. We had a little party outside at a mm-hmm. friend's house. We watched this and Blues tied came back from three to one deficit. Like it was two to one going to the final into mm-hmm. the third. Made it three to one. The blues were didn't look great. And uh, Sammy Blay. Really nice steal and a really great goal there. I'm like, yep. that looked good. Um, 
We'll talk David about, Perron with they, the David Perron, possibly go, high stick, but possibly high stick. But then they got credit to Jaden Schwartz the next day. So yes. first we thought it was, uh, Perron basically tipped the puck in with about half second. Yeah, about a couple seconds left, the most. Blues tie it, go forward in overtime, and then the Blues actually look pretty good in overtime. They look great, and you're and we're like, we got momentum. Here's the team we wanted, and then for some reason. The defense didn't cover the right-hand side, and the, they didn't cover the hottest player in the series so far. Yep. And technically NHL at the time, because he led the, I think, NHL in scoring yeah. after this. Bo Horvat, breakaway, five-hole on Jordan Bennington. And, and one that he should have had. Let's just be honest. Yeah, he he was not great in a lot of these games because uh-huh. it reminded me of the early – Excuse me, Blues, where we had that really good team, the Ken Hitchcock teams. Yes. Where it was like the scoring wasn't there, but the defense was there, and then your goaltending only was getting 18 shots a game. Right. And you just needed them to make the save, the big save. And they wouldn't. And they wouldn't. It reminded me exactly of those teams. I agree. I, I agree. Um, the crazy thing is, and think about this as we continue this series, had game two broken different and the Blues win that game, there's a point at this series where the Blues are up three games to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that so drastically changes the complexion of this series. Not that battling back from 0-2 to tie the series didn't. Um, what, what concerned me, and we'll get to that as we talk about game five and ultimately game six, was you saw so many bad habits of this team, not just individual players, but of the team. Uh, return that we hadn't seen in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, to start the series, you're down 0-2. Bennington has looked pedestrian, to say the best. Mm. Uh, the defense has been okay. The offense has been marginal. Uh, they just don't look good. Like the, the Blues do not look good in games one and two. And then on top of that, the injuries start to mount up. Yeah. First off, um, Steen all of a sudden before I think it was game three. Yeah. Before game three is scratched and they and I did hear Pang because we I was watching the local feed said that he might have been some kind of like you know they play soccer beforehand sure. and he said there might have been an injury there because he said he saw him doing that beforehand. Huh. So we don't know exactly maybe what he it slipped was or something or something who knows. Uh, Tarasenko was scratched and. Yep. Which we'll talk about that now. Might as well get into it. Well, at the time, you weren't sure if he was scratched for injury or ineffectiveness. Yeah, because he did not look great in maybe a shift or two during the whole round robin. Agreed. And then he sat out the Vegas game because they said he was just, oh, we're giving him. And they did the whole, and you called it because you texted me like after they were like, oh, he's giving him a break. We're letting him get his shoulder back into it. And you're like, something's wrong. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm, you know, me, I'm usually the optimist of us too. Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, there's going to break, like, give him back. He's getting in shape, blah, blah. And you're like, well, he's, he's had five months off. Yeah. He's was ready to go in March. And now we're talking August. You should have. Yeah. You been. shouldn't need, you shouldn't need a break after two games. So basically, Tarasenko's scratch again. Finally, the Blues announced that he is leaving the bubble to go get further test. Um, Have those tests happened? I've heard nothing since. Then. They said, and I went back read the article before we were uh, we're doing this podcast. They're going to make an announcement Monday. So either way, they're going to make an announcement after because the Blues will be technically playing Game Seven, maybe Tonight. now. Yeah. As we're recording, we're actually recording Sunday around six ish St. Yeah. Louis time. So they'd be about ready to drop for Game yeah, Seven. So right if now. the so the Blues played tonight. They would, or they played late. Whenever they played, right? 
they were going to wait to after the series if it was advanced or didn't advance to make the announcement. So I don't know what the what's happening. Hopefully, but a lot of people said it's concerning. Oh, it's very concerning. Yeah, I mean he's had two surgeries on the shoulder. I believe so. Yeah, because I think we um, looked at I think three total. I think you know he missed between the two shoulders all but ten games of this season. Yeah, and he started off great, ten points in ten games. Ten came back and really did not look good at all in the bubbles. Didn't look good against Chicago, tentative or Colorado or Dallas. Yeah, um, he didn't look good in the two games he played against Vancouver. If this is a problem that needs a third surgery, I don't know what you do because that's eight million dollars. Yeah, because in, in real dollars, almost ten million dollars next year. Nine point yeah. five, and your cap at seven point five. Um, I, and I'm hopefully not trying. And I'm being the negative. I'll be the negative one now. I think we've seen the last of the dynamic Tarasenko. I think you could be right. I I I hope you're wrong. I did him too. I one hundred percent hope I am. But I, I, my fear is, if this is the same shoulder, this is quickly becoming a Robbie Fabry situation. Mm-hmm. And it, at some point, I think, um, and I can't believe I want to say this, you got to look to move him. Yeah, the problem is like who's going who's going to take, gonna take bum, that kind of, his shoulder. his value's never been lower right now. Yeah, but even if you could take, get someone to take him. And half the pay, half the contract. Yeah. Well, mind you, and this is also Chris is also saying, if you know his shoulder is completely effed and you're not going to get right, we're I say value out of the contract or whatever. But I I think the thirty like the thirty five forty goal score is it, more than likely. I think you're looking at the twenty five to thirty goal score. I, I look at it this way: Would you pay? Close to ten million dollars a year for what you saw the last two weeks, and that's no easily no easily no. Um, look, I, I get that a year ago he was a huge part of the Stanley Cup run. I'm not trying to throw dirt on his grave. I'm not. I want nothing more for, than for him to return to form. But real life is real life, and you and I talked about you know it, it seems like when you have. Shoulders, knees, and hips. Those are the three when you're a hockey player that are tough to come back. Yeah, and like, and the more you injure them, the easier they are to get re-injured. And obviously, this is his shooting shoulder, right? Believe, That's where all of his power is coming out of. I believe his right shoulder. Yeah, yeah. so his back shoulder, his back shoulder, basically. Um, you know, look, man, I'm not saying that the guy can't still be a good forward. But I think that takes him from being a top three forward to a top six, top nine? Yeah. I Second mean, depend, or third line winner? Depending on if, if it's a shoulder and continues to continually bother him. I mean, right. you have to be realistic that it, you can't use the shoulder like he would. I look at it as um, my favorite my favorite non-blues player all the time is Peter Forsberg. Right. And once that dude started having his hip and his back hurt. Yeah. And that was after he left Colorado, saw what happened, and said, cool, go ahead and leave. Right. And let him go to um, Philly. And now he went to Nashville. And then Philly. Came back to Colorado. But that wasn't the number 21 you remembered. It was the guy who was not their first-line center, crashing into people, skilled player, scoring 90 points. It was a dude, a third-line center, 
doing, you know, right. grinding guys down. Another good thing. example is look at Paul Correa from St. Louis versus Paul Correa from Anaheim and Colorado. Yeah. And even to a point, Nashville. Yeah. But when that dude's back and knee started going, you saw it. Um, you know, I mean, any player we can go through a litany. Oh, of players yeah, it's, it's not an isolated thing. And, and again, like, and also he's kidding, he's above thirty or close to thirty. He's, now, think right? he's getting. I think he's twenty eight. Yeah, twenty twenty nine. But he's getting there though. Um, and we're not saying he can't bounce back from it. I hope he does. Modern medicine is amazing. Yes. So I can I can hundred percent say that after the last two weeks of what I've went yeah. through. I can 100% say modern medicine is amazing. I just but you're I, saying if you keep having the same thing happen over and over and over yep. again, just like when um, Blues, well, I guess you can still call him Blues prospect, Eric Foley. I mean, this is not, yeah. a great compar- yeah. not a great comparison, but he has concussion issues, and it's just like as much as modern medicine is there, he just can't get by the concussion issue. Watch, obviously, brain and shoulder completely different things, but if you keep having chronic problems with something, it's – going to impede your skill, no matter I'll, what it is. I'll break it down like this. He played how many games this year? Ten? Ten, and then what, two in the, well, two or four games total? So, so let, let's, just, let's just put it in, in layman's terms. As you said, next year, real money, you're close to $10 million. Yeah, about 9.5. You're going to pay Vladimir Tarasenko a million dollars a game. As of right now, yep. I am, so we're curious to see what – this is Sunday, obviously, so I'm curious to see what the announcement is tomorrow. If, if it's surgery. Show, if it's surgery. Yikes. That's, I, would, I would not pencil him in, in, in the Blues' plans, which that changes your free agency model tremendously to me. A lot. Uh, we'll get into the replacements in a minute here, but let's get back to Vancouver series. Mm-hmm. So Blues – Desperately need to win. They're technically the road team now. Yep, which uh, is always which good is, for us which in the past. Good for us. Uh, Lots Blues of changes. Play much better. They move. Uh, Jordan Cairo is in that lineup to get a chance. Jake uh, Allen is Jake, in. Jake Allen has been moved in, and it was back to back nights because that's how. Because with there being a bubble and mm-hmm. you're not traveling, you're literally and there's no reason you can't have back to back nights. Right. So Jake Allen's in, and everybody's like, "Well, maybe it's just one game. Maybe you know who knows." So you need Allen. Who played very well in the Dallas game? Yes, you need some of that Minnesota series, Allen. Yes, you do, and that's what the Blues got. Yes, it is. Played very well, kept the Blues in it. Blues uh, stick in the game valiantly. Yep, gets overtime, and luckily from a bad pass, not bad pass, but Quinn Hughes went to the point. No way was there. Luckily, uh, Schwartz had a late change. He got stuck in the zone, had a late change, and Shen jumped on in for him. So Shen was center ice, picked up the puck, breakaway. Top shelf on Jacob Markstrom, mind you, who has had a very good playoff for his yes, first playoff series. We haven't talked about that enough, where that guy – we'll talk about game five, where oh. at when game five hit and all when he stood on his head, that reminded me of what Bennington did. Last year. During oh, some games last year. Yeah. Where he just like kept his team from getting in it worse and they were able to fight back into it, which would have happened in mm-hmm. that game. So, Shen wins game three in overtime. Blues are back in it. My, we, I mean, we and you talked about it. We went uh, Pang. Pang is my new favorite announcer. Like I love. I thought I never would not like Ken Wilson as my number one announcer of all time, just because that's who I grew up with. And right, uh, Darren Pang. He, he's a homer. Whatever you want to call it, I love it. When he got so excited when Chen scored that goal, yeah, like yeah, like it was the greatest thing in the world. Like. It, it just – that's how all of us felt. And that's just yes. why I really, really enjoy him, and I'm glad that he's with the Blues organization hopefully for a long time. I hope so too. So, 
Blues down, Blues down two to one the series. Back to back nights. Back to back nights. Who are they going to turn to in goal was the big kind of question. They decided to stick with Jake Allen, which I was 100% fine with. I was too. I think the way he played in game three deserved another go. Yeah, so deserved another go. And guess what? It looked great. Looked great again. The Blues and the Blues probably played their best game Easily. in the bubble was game four, where they 100% scored goals and then they shut down the opposition. Bo Horvat was non existent. Uh, Elias Pedersen was non existent. Uh, Brock Besser pretty much was yep. not existent until game six where he got a goal. Yep. Um, Quinn Hughes was, Quinn Hughes was marginalized. Quiet. Yeah, still good. Real, Real good. good. I know. Real the, fast. I know, I know a couple of my – I think it was a different uh, text thread. A lot of people were saying, oh, man, John Kelly and Darren Pang just love Quinn Hughes. That's all they talk about. What's not to like? I was like, that dude's awesome. That's why they're talking about him because that guy is literally going to – that's the – and this is nothing against him. That's the better version of Vince Dunn. Yeah. Because Quinn Hughes was amazing. And I'm not saying nothing bad about Vince Dunn, but just obviously Quinn Hughes was like a top 10 pick and Vince Dunn's a second round pick. I mean, right. that's just I agree. how that happens. But it was, Quinn Hughes is great. And they minimized him for that game. Yep. It was great. Game five, pivotal game five. Who are you going to go with? They went back to Jake Allen again. <laughs> this one. A little bit shocked me. I get riding the hot hand, but I was like, you know, at some point we, we got to go back to Bennington. We got to go back. But I get riding the, the hot hand. Yeah, but I was – so I was like, okay, you go with the hot hand. And I was fine with it more than anything. I was I was minorly shocked at least. I was like, well, the, I have to go back to Bennington after these two. Give him a break. He has to look at some tape and realize wow, they're beating him, which is blocker side. Sure. So – Game five is probably the most frustrating game because it was a, it was the sandwich. I call it a sandwich game. It didn't start out great. Played like crap to start. Yeah. Turned it on. Played amazing in the middle to the point where it was reminiscent of game four. And they shut down. Shut it down. They weren't getting anything. And the Blues slowly got their lead up to three to one. Yep. And they decide to stop playing. And the most frustrating one was, and part of it is, this is one of the few uh, things on Jake Allen about this whole thing. As crazy played was the Jake Vertanen goal, where he, the side of the net where the guy just like threw it and beat him because he's cheating off the post. That that's the one where I knew we were in trouble. And Mark, mind you, before the Blues, it was three to one. The Blues probably could have made it five, five easily. Least. There's a couple. There's a bad bounce off the boards. So Jacob Delarose had a wide open net, and Markstrom went diving back in the net. Yep. Um, then the Robert Thomas chance. When yes. It was a three on one, and he basically went side to side. And if Thomas just got it four or five inches higher, yep, both of those should have gone in, and it would have been in, and yeah. that would have been. I agree. The, that would have been the dagger, and that would have ended that game, in my opinion. But it gave it the bench the life. I think it kind of got the Blues down, and the Blues just laid back. And they went back to the Blues of, uh, we'll say it again, like the Ken Hitchcock team where they got the comfortable, where they got like a one or two goal lead. And, and they're like, back. oh, we got this. They went to the cover, the prevent defense. Yep. And the uh, problem is with the prevent defense, certain guys didn't get the memo. Colton Pareko was one of them. Yes. I think he did not have a great time. In the I don't think goal. he had a good series at all. Yeah, he struggled until a point where I was shocked at the amount of people I saw where they said, I wouldn't mind if you traded Colton Pareko in the offseason. Oh, I don't – I'm not there, but I was just like, he wasn't great, and we'll talk about it at the end to of the series. To be fair, 
I think it, the shorter list is who was great as opposed to who wasn't great. Yeah, especially in this one. So Ryan O'Reilly is one of those where who's him and David Perron end of list. Yeah, Brain Chen. I think okay. he'd have that list. Yeah. Schwartz. I think was did a lot of little things. Yeah, but didn't get a lot of points, which is Jaden Schwartz in a right. nutshell. Unfortunately, um, your point about the Rutanen goal. Yeah, like we, I I jokingly sent a text after the first goal that hey look Jake Allen still can't stop a breakaway. Uh, Ty, yeah, Tyler can, Mott beat him twice. He can't. Tyler Mott beat him twice on breakaways. Yeah, the second goal was a goofy goal. You know, it was the one that was he was on his back and it somehow still yeah. got in. Got I in. mean, that's just a it's a playoff goal. It's a yeah, dirty whatever. goal. The goal that bothered me was the Vertanen goal because that is where you saw, uh oh, Jake Allen's bad habits are back. Yeah, what Jake Allen did great in games three and four was he played his angles square. Yeah. He didn't cheat. He played fundamentally sound hockey. And he cheated on that goal. And if Bad. he didn't straight up make the save and glove it, he bou- it bounced off him and away to someone else to clear it. You saw it coming. He he let go of that near post because he thought for sure that Vertanen was going to pass it. And as soon as there was daylight, Vertanen tucked it over his shoulder. Yep. And I right there I was like, we're screwed. And also, game five is also a very important game because overall in any series that's been tied 2-2, two to two, the team that wins game five wins the series you 78 percent of the time so yeah. usually if you win the game five you're going to win the series i mean there's obviously the blues have beat that prediction last year where dallas won game five and we beat them so Correct. people were like there was a lot of that this year and i don't know if that bothered not bothered me but i was tired of hearing about it where they're like oh we, we've been there last year we know what happened last year i'm like well, last year's the first time you guys ever did that. Right. So let's not hang our hats on it all the time. Like, let's sit there and, like, I think we need to take it more seriously. And they're like, I, there's a lot of, like, oh, we got this. And that, and I think there is a little too much of that. I don't know. It, at least in the Blues social media and the Blues, like, the statements that came out of, like, the Zoom meetings and stuff, it was like, oh, we've been here before. I know we can win. And, I mean, I know it's hockey speak or whatever you want to call it, but I was very much like, well, then I, do it. Then it, you guys didn't show it. I, I, I hate saying this because I, I, I know deep down it's not true, but I feel like there was a little bit of a we're the Stanley Cup champs. Just kiss our ring and get out of our way. Yeah, I can. I, I hundred percent think that's uh, true. Um, I, I, ju- I don't know what they were looking forward or past Vancouver at, but. I, I just really felt like this team never got engaged. Yep. Um, yeah, when they lost game five and the way they lost it, I was like, that's that's not good. Not to just be in control like that and then watch it just evaporate. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of the first and kind of second line doing a lot of work. The third, the thing that why the Blues did very, very well last year, why they, why they, why they went as far as they did, because All no matter what lines. line was out there, you knew they had a chance of scoring. I mean, in the San Jose series, the fourth line was doing, was killing them, and Dallas series the injuries, was the third line. Injuries were killing them. Like, uh, let's see, Carl Gunnarsson got hurt, so you had Bortuzzo in there, which I'm fine with uh, Rob Bortuzzo, um, but he is what he is, a seventh guy, and yeah. just he is he has his limitations. One guy who played very well. So let's get on some positives here before sure. we, uh, before we get into game six. Justin Falk played like the guy from Carolina. Yes. Yes. The first game and part of the second game 
No. When he got that goal, when he got that goal from Robert Thomas, the first one. It was uh, like it clicked. All of a sudden, and he played. Dynamite. Like, there was a couple times where I'm like, oh, it's a turnover again. But, man, but there was more of the plays. I'm like, oh, that was a really good play. That was a good play. I'm like, oh, wait, that was Justin Falk. And part of me was like, oh, let's use what Colton Pareko does right there. Yes. Like, and Justin Falk did that. I'm not saying anything there. But Justin Falk played like the guy they we signed up for. I agree. I agree. I think Justin Falk showed um, why. We traded for and signed him in this series. Yeah, so I, that was a big positive for me. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly continues to be Ryan. O'Reilly. What more do you need to ask the guy to do? I mean, some of the th- some of the things just watching him how he hounds players, and that's one thing I, I, you got to see really closely this time mm-hmm. was how he stays on a guy, doesn't take a penalty, and gets the puck from that guy. Yes, that happened more times than I can talk about, and kept the Blues. In the, inside the uh, Vancouver zone or got the puck in the neutral zone or stopped the rush. It's it's one of those guys that, I mean, he's in his prime now, and I can imagine even when he's going to get up there in age and obviously skill is going to go down a little bit, he's not the fastest guy in the world. No. But, man, he stays on, guys, and, let's, and Vancouver is fast, a fast team. Like, yeah. that's going to be the – that's one thing that the Blues need to figure out somehow because I'll be honest with you, and – it's a very small sample size again, and whatever you want to say, this is hot take number one for me, I guess. Super not impressed with a lot of young guys on our team. I'll tell you right now, Jordan Cairo, I'm telling you right now, the speedy version of Ty Ratty. I you know care. what? You, you can say it's a small sample size. You can say he's not getting the proper line mates. You can say what you want. I am just – I just I, I watch th- that guy, and I just don't see it. He got better as the series went on. Maybe. His game that's, that's my five boy right now. His game six, game five, and part of game four. When you saw him doing things like we just talked about with Ryan O'Reilly, turning people over on both ends of the ice, back checking. Where I think he needs help is he, among a lot of the forwards in this game, had a habit where instead of looking for the open guy they would try to skate the puck into the middle of the offensive zone and do something, be it shoot it or pass out. And all five Vancouver defenders would collapse. Mm-hmm. They did it all series. Yep. And the Blues forwards never figured it out that if you skate into the slot, you're going to get stripped. You're going to have five defensive sticks on you. Or shots can get blocked. You yeah. can work to the outside and, and work your way in. And I felt like Cairo did that a lot. Uh, Thomas did it a, a lot, and there were a couple of others that just kept doing it. Um, Thomas is a very much – I get he's a pass-first guy, but, man, there's a couple of times where he had the speed to keep going to the net, but he would stop, do that pull-up move, and try to find somebody, and then turn it, it over. Was it game four or five where he had his five. dude beat? And he stopped. And he stopped. Like, he was in on the goalie. And he stopped and curled out, and I'm like, oh, you had your guy beat. Yeah. So, uh, Thomas, I, I say Cairo is like my main whipping boy. But Thomas, I think, is, definitely has a skill, and I think he's one of the few. He's going to be fine. But, like, I, like Sanford is, like, not there. Sanford is what he is. Blay is going to be is the what third, he is. Third, guy, third line guy. Sanford is, to me, not a top six guy, and they keep putting him in that role. No, I think yeah, Sanford you need, you need and to find a, You need to find a second line left winger. I would rather – Move Blay or Sanford and give Cairo a real shot, then go again with one of those two. 
Yeah. I, I and again, like I 100% agree with what you're saying about Kairu. I think offensively he's not there, but I saw the progression during the series, and I saw some of the things that he that he showed he has the ability to do as a two way guy. Yeah. And I think we need some more of that as well. Um, you know, I think David Perron really like. God bless David Perron. I don't think there's anyone on that team who's more proud to be a St. Louis Blue than mm-hmm. David Perron. Yep. I think that dude just genuinely loves St. Louis. Yep. Um, and I, I think that he has shown last year and this year that the mature David Perron not only still knows how to fill the net, but knows how to play within a team system. He's not the guy who's just going to take the puck and go skate dang, in the corner. Yeah, try to dangle around like five, yeah. all five guys. Um, so, and, and I think the key to that is I think you have to have him and Ryan O'Reilly together. For yeah. whatever reason, those two can speak each other's language without talking, and you see it. Like those two on the ice together are magic. Yeah, and there's one thing, and we'll talk about uh, the series, and I'll bring up a point later on about somebody I think would work really well on that line, but probably not going to happen. So, anyway, game six. Pretty much not great from start to finish. It was, it was a, what the kids say, a cluster F? Uh, I believe the technical term is ass whooping. Uh, from start to finish, the Blues just didn't. It looked like they, were, they defeated, cared. It looked like the game was over before it started, in my opinion. Yep. They just looked no flat. flat. Bennington, for whatever reason, man, just didn't, didn't have it. Nope. Is that got turnover and it was a ba- it was as a weird play where Delarose stepped on a puck stepped on that puck oh, and, right, right, yeah, yeah. and the puck went right to Jay Beagle and he made a really good shot and it just seemed like all of, all the Blues just seemed like here we go yeah and that's and it was just like an old and I want hate to go going back to but it's an old Blues thing. I, like, I agree I, you saw it you saw the team give up which sucks. and that's what that's why I got angry because it's like. Damn it, guys. You guys overcame so much last year. Yeah, like, you know how to do this. Yeah. It's and, one goal. Yeah, and then just it slowly spiraled into 2 nothing, and Then 3 and three, and 4. And then Besser made it 4 early in the third. Was it early in the no, third? No, it was late second. In the se- it was late in the second. Because I'll be honest, I was like, I'm going to go play video games because I can't do this. Because I'm just like, this sucks. Because I'm just like, it's one thing to play a hard-fought series and then just it just happens. But it's like, I know you guys didn't play good seven of ten games. Maybe eight of ten games. Agreed. I think seven of the ten games. The overtime game they lost in game two, I think they played a really good game. It just didn't go their way. Yes. Um, but And then they had the two games after that, I think they played well. The other seven games, you they played like They played like a team that didn't wasn't you thought wouldn't. Like, I don't quali- think that team would be out of Yeah, qualifying team. That yeah. shouldn't have been there. And I, they straight up, that team we saw in game six, I don't think would beat Ottawa. And it was bad. And they won a final. It's six to two. The Blues get a couple ones in the third. Uh, gave up they, an empty netter. They empty net, an empty netter. They pulled the goal with like eight minutes left. Yeah. And they got a goal and then they gave up an empty netter. So it was net. So six to two. The Blues still do not beat the Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs. They lose four to two overall, six to two in game six. And the Blues go packing early home from the bubble. So yeah. obviously, and also in game six, let's, let's bring us up to another more injury problems. Tyler Bozak. Being valiant as he was in Game Five, Ooh. blocking every shot he possibly could, and somehow still was standing, just couldn't go. That that took replay the, took, they showed took the rush 
yeah, the oh, one up the ankle. Yeah. Just couldn't go. And it happens. Man. So you basically getting down to the point where you're using Jacob De La Rose and guys who McEachern. just haven't played McEachern and, you know, like you're, you're shuffling lines. And I think that's part of the issue too, the cohesiveness. You didn't have your normal line rushes, nope. which helps. It does. I mean, Vancouver really only lost one guy. They lost Tyler Myers after a hit by um, Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay probably broke his jaw due to Antoine Roussel being a piece of crap. Yes. Uh, they pop- lost, what, Edler for half a game? Edler got a skate for, like, what, a from Kyrie, yeah. yeah, but inadvertently. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. It was, I mean, yeah. actually, he got hit from behind. He hit Kyrie from behind, and Kyrie just skate just went up high. Yeah. I remember Vancouver's coach was, like, yelling at the ref, like, what the hell are you doing? You should be calling that. And they're like, his skate came up, and then you could see, like, one of their video guys was showing him, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, nothing happened, man. Chill out. But, uh, yeah, so Vancouver gets to move on. Blues getting sent home early, and now the questions happen. So, first off, the big question is, did we see Alex Petrangelo's last game as a St. Louis Blue? I don't know. People were saying, just like David Backus. Like, when Backus left, it was similar. The Blues got smoked. Yeah. And in game six against it was Chicago, we had a Chicago game, when they lost like 5-2 to two or something like that, or 6-2, to two, whatever it was. They lost a lot, yeah. whatever it was. So, if your, your hot take super quick prediction right now, if I had to ask you, Alex Petrangelo will be a blue when the Blues restart. About the, I think it's December 1st is when games will restart. So December 1st, did we see Alex Petrangelo as captain of the St. Louis Blues? God, I don't know, man. He's going to get offered so much money. Someone's going to open up the bank. Yeah. The if, question be is, it Toronto or who. Toronto's got to do a lot of work. I mean, the teams that would use him are going to have to use – I mean, I kind of did a little bit of research before getting into this. Uh, and it's not, not doable for those teams, but they're going to have to do a lot of magic – just the way the Blues ought to do some magic. The, the thing is, I don't see Petro leaving St. Louis to go to a rebuild situation. Like People are saying Florida with Quinville. And I'm I like, don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, if Petro leaves, I think he goes somewhere where he can win again now. I don't see – like someone mentioned he could go to Chicago. He could, but I, I – I don't think he wants They're in to a minor rebuild at least. Yeah, like I don't think he wants to do that. I if he's going to leave, he's going to go somewhere that's got money and he can win. Is that Edmonton? Is that you know, you is, say Toronto? Toronto to me is Toronto wants him. Toronto, Toronto makes sense because they need a def- they need a big they need somebody to lead their defense. They have nobody. Yeah. They have plenty of offensive weapons. Yep. The goaltending is not bad at all up there. Yep. Frederick Anderson, I think, is the least of their problems. Agreed. I think, but I think it's the defense and they have the offensive weapons, just like the mix. Yeah, you know, you got to have a certain mix. You can have so much firepower. You got to have the I grit. Agree. And I don't think they have that grit. That's part of the problem. But anyway, yeah, I if I had to do my hot take now, I think because of the weird ass circumstances of what has been going on. It is greatly going to hamper his ability to get the like long-term lucrative deal he wants. I also agree with that. So I think that it might want to turn into the Blues might say, listen, we'll give you a short-term deal. We'll give you a little bit of a bump. The best that we can do. We'll move some guys. Because in two years, you're losing a lot of contracts. You're losing yeah. Bozak, Steen, Allen. Does, Bozak, does Steen still have two years? Next year, after this year, so the next yeah, coming we gotta, season, we got to just buy him out. So, man. Steen will be it on that's 5.75, Bozak 5 mil, Allen f- four and a half. You're talking big, a lot of big contracts are falling off the books. Yeah, so. I, I think that's that's a smart take. I think that I if could you see can, that happen. if you can say, Hey, give us one year, 
and then we'll sign you to – we'll give you your contract, and all those guys will be off the books, and they'll come – I can see Bozak coming back. Steen – Steen's done. Steen is done. Pardon me, but but he but him and Army are boys. So part of me is like I could easily see if he wants to come back. Army like yeah okay I'll throw you a bone for like a mill. That's fine. I'll take him in a mill. And I'm sure Bozak will come back, but I don't think it's going to be the five mill. I think it'll be like half of that. Yeah. But so I mean you're getting discounts on those guys coming back. So that money then in turn goes the Petro. How much money are we getting? Are we clearing with the J Bell contract? The Marco Scandella deal. So so washed out. That's right. So washed out. Um, maybe slightly less. I think. Yeah, I think they actually gained like a couple hundred thousand, but that's about it. Um, I think you make a very good argument, and I didn't think about that. I could very well see, being that we're in the COVID era and the salary cap is not raising at all, um, them offering him a bridge deal and just saying, "Look, we know that you want money and we want to pay you, but you know, with the salary cap restrictions being what they are, hang out for a year or two. We'll give you, you know, a small bump." But we'll take care of you on the back end. Yeah, and I, hope, I mean, he could easily say, "Well, let me see my options out there first. He could, and there could be somebody out there that gives him a good enough deal to where he yeah. wants to move. I mean, his wife's from St. Louis. He has triplets. Uh, supposedly, his wife is pregnant right now. No. So let's we'll see. So I don't know. So my hot take is, I think you'll see him back. I think it will be a shorter term contract than he wanted. And then the Blues will hopefully use some money to reload, and I bet you there'll be some trades. I think you're going to see a lot more hockey trades this year than you've seen in the past. Yeah, I think you're right. Due I, to the uh, the cap being flat for at least two seasons. So let's let's talk about this then. Um, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on Jordan Bennington. I think that you know you look up and down the roster, and no one really paid to their played to their potential in the bubble. Yeah. So I'm not ready to put the oh my god. Jordan Bennington's a fluke because he had a pretty damn good year this year yeah. before the stop. That's what I mean. He looked great before um, the series. That said, I would be remiss if I didn't say I had concerns. Hmm. So you now have three goalies with one-way contracts. Yep. You're obviously not going to get rid of Jordan Bennington. So do you still move Jake Allen, which was the popular opinion, and ride with Billy Huso? Yeah. Or do you say, sorry, Billy, we got to hold on to Jake another little a little while longer yeah. and move Billy Huso? I am curious to see what the NHL does first because will you have an AHL next year? Will they have a thing? Um, what is the next season going to look like? Because right. you can't do. I mean, you're going to have so many bubbles. You can you can't really put thirty team, fifteen teams in two bubbles. No, that's going to be hard. Like you're, if you were, and obviously the MLB has showed you can't really travel. No, uh, football hasn't got there yet, but I don't think that's really going to go well. I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL, if they whatever they decide to do, if they do some kind of expanded roster thing where you get to keep three goalies. Yeah. So it, it might have just the Blues might have lucked into it, honestly. That would be one hell of a lucking into it. Yeah. If I think if if it was me. And, and apparently, Jeremy Rutherford had a good article in the uh, Athletic the other day where he talked to Jake Allen's dad, and he said he talked to Jake before he left for the bubble, and Jake Allen said, you know, even though I won't have the starting role, which you know, which I had, I love St. Louis, I love the Blues, I want to ride out my contract and fulfill my contract. I'll be in whatever role they want me to. If it's that's background. great, man. So he, if he wants to, so he, if his mindset's there, man, I'm all for it. And obviously, you've shown like if Bennington does falter, which I, like I said, I'm with you on that one. It's a 10-game microcosm where, for some reason, they just couldn't put it together. What scares me more 
is that if I'm any other scout of an NHL team now, I'm looking at that series and telling my team, there's the hole. Yeah. That's the one thing about Bennington's game that, that scared me about the bubbles, how easily Vancouver picked them apart. And it's like every goal in game one and two was in the same spot. Every one. Yeah, blocker side. He just it's it's not like they put one here and then put hole. one there and put yeah. one there. Like, holy crap, man. Like it was a it was a real thing. Yeah. Um so th- that worries me a little bit, but this is still a guy who threw what, sixty plus games led the Blues to thirty the, wins. Hit thirty wins. Yeah, the best record in the West and second overall in the NHL. So Part of me is that's where I'm at with you. Like, I try to take anything that happened inside the bubble as, like, a hiccup. Yes. But you still have to look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you still have to be like, okay, we need to work on something in the offseason. That blocker side, we need to work on that. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're going to have some kind of meetings with the Blues. I think, like, every team always has end-of-the-year meetings and stuff right. with, like, what they want guys to work on. Like, last year with Kyrie, they're like, once you get stronger because you're getting pushed off the puck because you're fast, but – Right, you can't, uh, you know, you're getting bumped off the buck too easily. Sure. So, or you work on defensive side or whatever. They tell every guy to work on something. So, I think they will definitely look in. I think they're gonna look into having three, go- have a three goalie that system would be next fantastic year. Fantastic if they did. But if it was me, I would darn well do my best to stick with um, Allen and Bennington. I think you got. If to. you lose, somehow lose Huso, like I would be shocked at if any team keeps him on a roster, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, my my just because inexperience, he's just right. not right. You know? My only the only reason I brought it up was you got three guys with one way contracts. Yeah, which you, you know, I think the I think the obviously the plan was when I was move on Allen was move Allen and okay, we'll move Jake out. I'll sign Alex Petrangelo. Everything will be fine. Yes, I hundred percent agree with you. And that didn't you know. Justin Falk's there as a safety net. Seattle comes around. If he does well, Seattle will probably snatch him away. Right. Because I'm not going to be able to keep him because you would pick. You sign Petro, he'd be Petro, Falk, I mean, Petro, Preco, and Dunn. That's who you would probably keep. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, I think they're going to luck into it, but I think you've got to keep it Allen. Even if it is, a, say, you do two goals, it's going to have to be Jake Allen. I, I agree with you. I think this playoff showed you needed as much as Blues fans would love. They'd love to make it old school, 80s and 90s. Where I know. You, where you have one goalie playing 65 games and you're back going against 10. Or having like Grant Fuhrer and John Casey situation where yeah. they're only playing 70, playing 70 games. Yep. 70 plus games. So... We have those two things, and I guess the they're really nothing big free agency wise. UFAs, there's really not many outside of Petrangelo. Uh, Troy Brower is the other one, which I think he'll call it a career. I think he will too. Uh, RFA, you have uh, Vince Dunn is the big RFA. You got to figure out. I think he'll probably get. I like him. One and a half. Sure. Two. Probably two mil. Sure. A couple, I, I, couple years. I'm fine with that number. I wouldn't go much higher. Yeah, I think two million. Two over two. That's solid. I think two over three. Maybe 2.2 over 3 or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think that's your big ones and a lot of RFAs. A couple of guys in the minors, Pogansky, uh, Nolan Stevens. Uh, you already got – but you already locked up Blay. You locked up Sanford. Um, so those guys are locked up till. And remember, the Seattle draft is not this year. So I saw a lot of people online were just like, oh, we'll have Falk and that'll be, he'll be off the team. We can sign Petro. Incorrect. Incorrect. Unfortunately, I think when they first originally doing the expansion thing, that was supposed to be the draft this yeah. year. And then – before COVID even remotely came into existence, they moved it 
to the next year, so next off season, so next July. So this time next year, we'll be getting ready for a hockey season, uh, discussing who we lost in the Seattle draft probably about a year from now. So we'll lose our out officially, but we'll talk. We'll do a quick rundown of the rest of these series that are uh, now ongoing. So Vegas takes down Chicago pretty handily. Yeah. One. Robert Lanier is the number one in a lot of uh, – uh, interesting things. Flurry's agent doesn't seem to be too happy about that. <laughs> Alan Walsh decides to have a, a meme contest. A meme, a meme contest online with uh, Mark Andre Flair with a sword in his back that oh. says DeBoer on it. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, that is uh, basically the rumor is that he was promised the net going into the bubble, and Lanier was there as insurance because he was injured during the season. Yes. Is why they got Robert Lanier and and Michael Subban. It just was not great as a backup. He just no. wasn't as good. So that's why they got Robert Lanier in the first place. Uh, Lanier came in statistically. He's had a better year. Has taken over the net, and basically they're riding with him. Yep. They played. Uh, the Blues played. Yeah, Flurry was in net when we had yes. him in the thing, and we peppered played, him, peppered him pretty well. So uh, unfortunately, we got peppered and lost that game. So yes. anyway. Uh, so interestingly, but uh, excuse me, Las Vegas moves on. Correct. So and obviously, there's, and now there's reseeding. Now it's not like the old school kind nope. of. So now all things reseeded. So since we lost, we were going to play Vancouver. We were playing Vegas no matter what. So now Vancouver gets the honor and privilege of playing Vegas, due to Colorado easily dispatching the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Eesh. Yeah, a pair of seven to one losses to end your season. Like that's that's ungood. As much as the Blues didn't look great in the last, the, at least they had somewhat of a decent game five compared well, to how their games four and five went for uh, Arizona. I think Arizona. The good news if you're Arizona is you proved, hey, we can play some hockey. Yeah, you know they 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 did a good job in the in the qualifying round, but you ain't there yet, kids. Yeah, the the, the Darcy Kemper has proved that he's. Pretty good goalie. I'll say that much. Up to the point that he gives up seven goals. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the point where like, you're getting peppered so much, you're just like, sure, what I do get you want it. to do? So, uh, Dallas pulls off the uh, win against the number six C, uh, Calgary Flames. And this is where I'll talk about this one. I don't know if you've seen the GIF slash video of uh, Makachuk got hurt and did not play uh, during the series. I did not. So, he did not play it all due to the injury. Um, the GIF is, I'll pull it up in a second here. Or if you want to pull up on your phone while I'm talking. Uh a little disgusted at the end of the last game. So game six, Dallas is up three to two in the series. Calgary jumps out to a three to nothing lead, looking great. Everybody's tweeting how much Calgary is looking good. They're going to force game seven. I can't wait to watch game seven. Calgary decides to just show the Blues up. Well, before the Blues actually play technically, but uh, give up six consecutive goals to lose six to three. To the point where Makachuk. I'm waiting for Chris to pull us up, and I'm trying to make it as dramatic as possible. Go on. Makachuk watching the game and is into the game. Like, 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 oh, uh, you can see him making the body language, like, oh, shoot it, oh, wait. And then they give up a goal, and you see him just defeat it, puts his head down. I have not scrolled upon That's that one. That's one. So, one, he puts his head down after they score the tying goal, and he's just defeated. And then, mind you, the goals happen very consecutive, like, pretty fast, within a couple minutes of each other. So, it goes up four to three, and uh, Makachuk just has his mask and just throws it and walks away from the his seat. He's there in a like a little suite, so he's in like in a like a seat kind of like the table high tabletops. Yeah, throws everything his, I'm showing is like game game time or yeah. game ones. So I'll basically, he well, so he gets super frustrated. Man, 
and Calgary, I heard Calgary something got a lot of changes. If you could somehow, some way, give them somebody to steal Makachuk from them. Doug Armstrong somehow pulled off the Ryan O'Reilly trade, so you never know. Obviously, with the All-Star game and Matthew Kachuk had the uh, – Molina jersey? Yeah, the Molina jersey on when he did the one, uh, like, what was that called? The Top Golf. Oh, accuracy guy. Accur- no, no, whatever no, it's no, called, no, whatever that was, was. called. The, I say the Top Golf thing. It's totally Top Golf. Yeah, and so they, when he did that, they like in the roar of the crowd, you can tell, man, it'd be great if we get a St. Louis kid back to home, and especially that guy. It was bad. So when so Dallas moves on and they face the Colorado Avalanche. So that is your semifinal round. You have who Vegas. beat Colorado in game one? Yes, and that five was, to uh, three. And basically, it was. The uh, Colorado coach, Jared Bednar, basically said half our team didn't show up. So let's see how they respond because, man, they I think they might have had like we they might have said we rolled through Arizona. We'll be fine. And then because yeah. a lot of people are talking them up as being Stanley Cup champions. Oh, I know. So out east. And this is where we're going to talk about where I always try to like I if I pick a, somebody I want to win, I always pick something from the east. I never pick the west because of losing from the west. Because do we want to say this on air, or do we want to wait until we make our video? Well, you can look at our video and see who we pick. But I'm telling you all the winners so far, okay. and you'll see. But the team we're going to pick is from the east. We'll at least give that tease. Yes. So, uh, Montreal and Philly. Philly gets number one seed. Yep. And Philly, very like heated series. Brendan Gallag- series. Uh, Brendan Gallagher broken jaw. Matt Niskanen. Uh, suspended. Should have gotten more than a game, in my opinion. Yeah, but he didn't. I think the best part was Brennan Gallagher uh, with a broken jaw. Um, Elaine Vigneault, who is the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, was the coach of the New York Rangers when Brennan Gallagher broke Derek Stepan's uh, mouth. And then Brennan Gallagher went to the media saying, well, he looked like he was talking fine when he was jawing to me. And then guess what? Then Elaine Vigneault said basically the same thing back to Brennan Gallagher. So obviously Elaine Vigneault, different team, has a long memory. Which, yes, is I thought was, which I thought was very funny. So they win the first round series four games to two, and they get the privilege of facing the New York Islanders, who upset the Washington Capitals four games to one and made it look pretty simple. The Capitals, in turn, fired their coach today. Yes. After two seasons. And the coach that beat them was the coach they fired two years ago. <laughs> Didn't fire him. He uh, Gave him permission to, to talk to the Islanders, and he walked. After winning the Stanley Cup. Yep. So – they get to move on in their lowest seed, so they get to face Philly during the whole reseeding Correct. thing. Uh, Tampa Bay overcame uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets after last year's debacle. They mm-hmm. went four games to one pretty handily this year. Uh, Columbus didn't look great at they, times. They looked okay. Yeah. Compared to last year where they looked like I thought they were going to be coming together, they looked like they took a step back. Yeah. Uh, a series that I said you guys should watch because I think it's going to be great. Uh, it pretty much was a pretty much a landslide, and I was kind of disappointed. The Boston Bruins handily faced off, uh, took over the Carolina Hurricanes, four games to one. Yep. East was very like blah. Yeah, it was very much like everybody was full, like the only good series was the first series was Philly and Montreal, where it was contentious, and yep. I really enjoyed it. I'm not saying the others were bad, but just they weren't as enjoyable as that one. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, if you had to pick real quick, who do you think gets through the East on this side? Um, or at least it just pick, give me these two series because we'll probably record again. I would say so. You got the Philly, New York series. As hot as they are, I'm gonna go with the New York Islanders over the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I am on the same boat. And uh, Islanders being funny. So anyway, uh, Tampa Bay and Boston, which I think should be an excellent series. I think it should too. Um, I uh, it's hard to go against Boston. 
Um, I just don't know if two, uh, if uh, if former Blue Yarrow Halak has got it in him for a, a deep playoff run. At some point, I think that is going to fall apart, and I'm going to pick the uh, the Lightning over the Bruins. Which will the fill it in there? Tuka Rask left the bubble to go be with his family. He has a very he has some young kids. Some various rumors were out there. Yep. So I think they were proven untrue, but crazy crazy stuff that goes Indeed. on. Indeed. So. Out west, we have Colorado and Dallas. Obviously, Dallas won the first game, so we have a little bit of a spoiler there. But who, who do you think wins this series? I will take Dallas just because I cannot pick a team owned by Stan Kroenke. A part of me wants to do that, but, man, how good the freaking avalanche look. I mean, maybe, how, maybe it's how bad that Coyotes looked at a couple of those games. But, man, like Cal Macker, Maker, whatever you want to say his name, it's two different ways. How great he looked, and then how uh, – Nathan McKinnon's a stud. Nathan period. McKinnon is – what the now the league is going to lean heavily on him. I mean, it was Connor McDavid, but since that team cannot figure out how to put a team together around him, I think you're going to start seeing Nathan McKinnon everywhere because could be because Colorado is that team that everybody's picking. Like, ooh, they're the next upcoming team. If their goaltending somehow holds up, or if they go out and get a goalie, well, Grubauer went down in game one, didn't he? Yeah, so they're back to their. So it wouldn't surprise me if in the off season because the Capitals might be getting rid of Braden Holpe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Holpe somehow goes to Colorado. either Colorado or Edmonton. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and then you have Vegas and Vancouver. I just picked Vegas because I because Vegas. I Vancouver just beat us, so that's one reason I. Yeah, Vegas. but I, that should be an entertaining series. Vegas because I want Canada eliminated. Yep, and Canada will once again not have a cup Correct. after what ninety two ninety two ninety three. Yeah, so interesting stuff there. So last bit of NHL news, I think we're going to go to. We won't do, and we're going to do. Like we always do, if you if you listen to us for many years now, we usually wrap things up. We do like a little draft special where we sometimes yep. record during live during the draft, depending on when the draft is and how it is this year. It might be too boring, honestly, with being Zoom. Sure. We'll see what we do. We might do something. Yeah. But we'll kind of play it by ear. We always do a draft special, and then we do a free agency, usually the couple days after free agency. Usually it was always like July 6th. Right. But this year it will be – October 9th, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. So I think it will probably be mid-October, so we'll have to figure that out in that range, and you'll see a show from us. And then they'll have about a month off, and then training camp will start, I think, November 17th. I think you're right. And then December 1st, they're back at it. Uh, No word on the Winter Classic. No word on the All-Star Game. I think the All-Star Game is probably going to get canceled. I agree. I would not. And if there's going to be no fans, the Winter Classic is going to get pushed a year. I would think you're right. I think think those things are going to get pushed a year. I would think. Due to – COVID and then there's no need to have an all-star game or a winter classic if there's no fans because those are truly exhibitions yeah and also they're going to be compacting they're, they want to do a normal schedule I did see a rumor today and I'll throw it out there just because man, it's just reddit who knows it could be a lie that some guy heard from one of the players that just got back that the NHL wants to do three hubs with 10 teams in each and it's 10 teams in a region you pay those 10 teams and then they'll figure out – I forget. He didn't say the playoff bracketing, but that's basically how they would do this the thing. They put everybody in these bubbles because how well the bubble worked. Because since the NBA and NHL had these bubbles, not one player or right. coaching staff or any kind of personnel has had a COVID case. If you're going to do that, I'd rather see you just go to four bubbles and do divisions. It could be that too. I could. I would think that makes more sense to me at least, but I guess yeah. you, you got to divide it up because it's only, we have 31 teams right now. Right. So that could make things off a bit, but, yeah, whatever. Right. So we'll see. So December 1st, and they're going to try to fit it uh, pretty close to a full schedule in 
and then start playoffs like probably late April is my sure. guess. So we'll see what happens. So unfortunately, we have no live Blues hockey until December now, which it's all right. weird weird to say it like that too because you know usually this time of year we're recording getting hey, ready for our previews. It's a shorter break than we've gone through. Yep. So now they'll, they'll get a little short break here, reload, see what Doug Armstrong can do with the draft. Yep. He's done some crazy. He's trade. done crazy crap. Let's and the draft in the last couple of years, he's pulled off the Braden Chen trade. He's pulled off the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So who knows? Yep. Uh, and then the Justin Falk trade was late uh, last year too. Yeah, right before yeah, the season it was. started. So a lot of stuff is he could easily pull off, and that's why I never count him out on anything. As I much agree. As people are like, I don't know how they can figure it out. I'm like, he does. I didn't think you'd trade Patrick Bergel and Vladimir Saboka for uh, boy, oh for boy. Ryan O'Reilly, and you did. So. I don't know what else you want him to say. So our last bit of NHL news, which uh, comes from the broadcasting booth of all places. So once again, another NBC broadcaster is uh, misspoken. Let's just say that. At least. <laughs> Open mouth and shirt foot. So obviously Jeremy Roenick is gone for telling uh spitting Ch- chicklets podcast that he wants to have a threesome with his coworker. Mm, yeah. You can't, you can't say that you want to have a threesome with uh, Catherine Tappan and your wife. Yeah. That's, that's not going to go not, over not, well. I mean, it's, you realize it isn't just like you're talking to a bunch of guys in a yeah. room where it's not There's gonna, microphones with microphones where it's not going to be broadcast to millions and millions of people. Right. But what do I know? Uh, so he was fired and now apparently suing because NBC uh, is suing. Uh, he's suing because he's very straight. Good luck with that. That's I mean, that's basic that the better wording than that. But I think that's the wording he's using is like, I'm a very straight man. And they have a uh, they f- didn't fire. It was a ice skating commentator that Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir. He made some kind of comment similar to about Tara Lipinski. And but but he's gay. So they're not going to fire him. But since uh, Jeremy Rome very hetero- heterosexual. You can't do that. Sure. All right. Good luck. Jeremy. Good luck. Anyway, another person that people hate. On the broadcasting, well, he is a. This guy is just dumb. Uh, Mike Milberry, who basically got had, got put in this position because of uh, not that I say Jeremy Roenick, but uh, the, Ed, Ed Olchek was not yeah. able to be there to battle cancer. Correct, Probably not a great idea for him to be in the bubble. So agreed. Good that he's not there. So Mike Milberry is there. Mike Milberry decides to make the comment of saying, "Oh, the bubble." Whoever the main broadcaster was saying, "Hey, the." They're not this, you know, the players are had no distractions around them. And basically Mike Milbury said, yeah, because there's no women around. Right. There's no women around to, to distract him. Not you, a, no, you can't say that. You can't say that nowadays. Like, you can't say that ever. I mean, it's – and then the, the backlash was quick mm. and swift online uh, from – my, Mind you, and I was like a lot of people just on Twitter getting angry. It's one thing that NBC sees that. But I'm, ta- I'm talking guys, ex-players – who are analysts like yeah. I saw, for example, Chris Mason, who does the Nashville broadcast. Uh, I saw Tyson Nash say something like he was happy he's out. A lot of guys were happy he was out. So I will say this because of his old because he old school thinking. Go ahead and do your point. He, I forwarded the comment to a friend of mine who is um, I hate to say the word feminist because there's a, there's a negative connotation a lot of times with feminists that they're man hating and things like that. And she is not this person, but she's very much like empowerment of women and trying to overcome the negative connotations that go along with, well, you're just a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I forwarded the comment to her, and she's like, I, I don't think it was right to say, but I don't think it was a fireable offense. And I go, well, let me frame it in regards of this is a guy who's long known to say inflammatory shit. Yeah, where he's trying. He even said, like, I tried to make an irreverent comment, and it didn't come off well. It's the same dude who so he's three, trying, three he's nights it. earlier posted a picture of the CN Tower in Toronto and said, God, I love the Space Needle. Correct. The Space Needle's in Seattle. Yeah. like Not yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, like, not great. In, and also, and this is, I just, I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan of Milberry just no, because he never seemed, like, excited about the product to me. Like, um, he's always very much you, like, oh, like, oh, and here they go, like. It wasn't he was the anti-Blues guy because he always, like, he coached Boston. Yeah. So I knew he was going to be a Boston guy during the playoffs last year, so that never bothered me. Like, a lot of people you've seen my You've seen my, Mark, my Mike Milbury meme, right? Which one? The one of the cartoon duck with diarrhea of the mouth? Yeah. Yeah. That one. That's pretty much what happened there. And um, and obviously, NHL is going through. Uh, they're kind of cycling out the, I say, old kind of thinking. Um, so yeah, Don Cherry earlier this like last year. That guy needed to go. Don Cherry was you know had some anti-immigrant rant on air and got yikes got uh, the boot. Uh, Jim Run- uh, Jim Runk, we just talked talked about his uh, comments on the Spencer Chicklets comment. And right before this, uh, this is a non-hockey one. Uh, Tom Brenneman fired Ooh, boy. fired mid double header for <laughs> calling. Kansas City. What's it? You see, I I have not found the. Everybody says they don't know the city. It's Kansas City. Is it Kansas City? Yeah. Okay, because he basically named it uh, F word city, a derogatory name for a homophobic slur that starts with F. Correct. City. Yeah. And yeah, on air. And then I wish I was. I bet you the producer was in his ear just screaming like hot mic, hot mic, hot mic. You know. And then he's like, oh, and he just. Start into his thing. Dude, like, he says it, and then there was like a two-second pause, and then he's like right into like like nothing ever happened. And that was like about the seventh inning of the game, and by the fourth or fifth inning of the next game. Gone. And mind you, which I think you sent this to me, like. Having to call a home run in the middle of an apology. Apology. Probably your last time you're going to be an announcer, dude, because of the backlash you're going to get. And you stop mid, you're trying to be a heartfelt, like, this might save me, and maybe I can get back into the booth eventually if I apologize and be really sincere about it. I screwed up. And then you call the home run. And I'm just like, you're not, you're not coming back. You're no. gone. Like, it, like, just like that home run, you're gone. It was, it was bad. So there is a definitely cycling out of broadcasters right now. Uh, NHL, I mean, that's just one, like, uh, MLB being. But NHL, the kind of old school, like, like oh, yeah. oh, like, you know, like, I'll beat them up and do all this stuff and hard-nosed hockey and stuff. Like, there's a skill involved. And, like, there's really great announcers out there. I'm not saying it's just because, like, you had to have more women or whatever in there. Like, I know people were giving that like, Kendall Coin showfield like crap about uh, – was it last year's uh, playoffs when she was down there with Pierre Maguire and mm-hmm. stuff? And I was like, I thought she was fine. She was fine. So it was like, she has to grow into the job like anybody else does. Yeah. So I like they're giving different people voices. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's a man or woman. Give some people some voices. You know your stuff. You know your stuff. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Like I think uh, someone who is really good. If you he does the local Vegas one. If you've ever seen his Mike uh, local uh, Mike McKenna. Oh yeah. Does the Vegas one and he's really really good. So that's somebody that I you can I'm going to tell you in the future you're going to see 
like Brian Boucher does between the benches, you'll see Mike McKenna between the benches eventually. Have we talked about the fact that I can't stand either of the guys who do Colorado? I think we haven't. They sound like strip club DJs. (laughs) Hey, guys. Oh, it's so bad. It's It's so bad. Yeah, Colorado, because they had a couple of times when they they were showing feeds uh, during the first round. A lot. Every every local team yeah. had a local feed for the first round. Yes. So sometimes you got like the Philadelphia feed for the Philly uh, mm-hmm. games, or you had so on and so forth. So it was kind of funny that you had like like a Colorado feed, and you're watching on NBC, and you're God, like, "This so is awful." Weird. Yeah, but it was not great. So and the radio guys just as bad. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't do Florida's anymore. Uh, oh, uh, Randy Bowler. Randy Bowler is so good. Like that, those, those are our favorite to watch. We throw those on every once in a while when we're driving. Me and you were just heading yep. to the game. We throw it, and it's like a, it's like a ten minute long, ten like, minute compilation of goal. Well, goal and calls. it's so old because it's like Jay Bowmeister scoring goals for Florida. Yeah. So it's it's funny to listen to him. And mind you, it's just dated because some of the movies are obviously from back then when he does like Anchorman or just forty year old versions. Cool Mo D. Yeah, it's so great. So. I go to work like a doctor. Like it's so great. So anyway. Back to the point hand. The Blues are done for this year, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, Chris is wearing a Stanley Cup uh, champion shirt right now. I am. So we at least have 2019, and I think it stings. It sucks. Stings a little less thanks to last year. Yeah, I think. I think if that last year didn't happen, I think I'd be a lot more pissed. Yeah, I would too. But I think last year you're just like, I got. I'm looking at the banner behind me. I see Chris's shirt on. I have all his other memorabilia around me. I think I'm. I'm content. For now, so I'm good. I think uh, you'll see them reload, and I think under nor- normal circumstances, I think this team would have a legit chance to repeat. Uh, and, that 100%. Kinda, and that really sucks. Yes, but I agree. Obviously, life's hey, not man, fair. Life's it's not a strange fair. world right now. Life's not fair, man. So, like I said, a lot of things going on in the world right now. This is the least of uh, I agree. things you should be worried about. So. We'll wrap it up there. So we'll we don't know when. I guess we're trying to do this still weekly, at least for a little bit here. Sure. Then obviously, when there's no news, we'll have to, have to take at least the break. Will be shorter this time because yes, it will. by the time things are over, it'll be October. Then a month later, the restarting. So we'll only have a small little break there, and then we'll be getting ready once again and uh, moving. You'll, I think you'll see uh, hear us on some other podcasts coming up. Yep. So we'll uh, just look for us, uh, and we'll keep you guys up to date on our social medias. Speaking of social medias, that's called a segue, Chris. It is. I know, Chris, looking at me like, yeah, dumbass, I know. I used to work <laughs> on radio. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find us on social media, on the Twitters, it's at BluesHockeyNHL. At Hossapalooza. And then uh, Facebook and Instagram is at BluesHockeyPodcast. Find uh, all this information on our website is BluesHockeyPodcast.net and .com. Which you also find links to our fine sponsors, which is Rockstar Taco Shack, which we're going to give Will Pelly, our buddy, a huge shout out. Yes. Opening a second location, which is amazing. So this is actually close to you. So this is yeah, like, like five uh, minutes from my house. That's yes. dangerous. Yeah. So it'll be dangerous for Chris. Uh, and what's the name of the music hall there? I don't have Diamond. Any. It's Diamond Music Hall and uh, Pool. It's uh, over. Off of the uh, in Saint Charles, it's in Cape Springs, no, Cape Springs, Cape Springs. Um, okay. So it is over by uh, the Kokomo Joes and all that. Stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that's that exactly now. So uh, that no official date I have. When I official date, I I'll heard let you guys know. End of September. Okay, roughly. so he's gonna. I know he's trying to get it together as quick as possible. Yeah. But if not, in the meantime, check out the location out there in Newtown. So indeed, while the weather's good. Yep, because uh, the still uh, still hopping Tuesday through Saturday there. Yep. So. 
And also check out Upcycle Hockey. Uh, Eric up there has been cranking out a couple chairs, a couple other things. Check out all their stuff on their social medias, which is on Twitter and Facebook. And you got a link to their Etsy uh, shop on there. Plus also on our website if you need to find that as well. So check out Rockstar Taco Shack and Upcycle Hockey. So, oh, and I guess the last place is the where to listen to this, if you mm-hmm. already don't know, which will be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Another Cast, uh, Tinder, Grinder, Friendster, MySpace, um, Adult Friend Finder. Yep. Uh, uh, Ashley Madison. <laughs> uh, uh, there's one more in there. I know there's a couple other really good well, yeah, we, 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 we had a website. Yeah. OnlyFans. Only, yeah, find us on our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> we should start OnlyFans. That'd be awesome. So anyway, I don't know if I don't think it would be awesome. But anyway, oh. so once again, I thank everybody like for tuning in all year. I know this year's been a little sporadic, especially last month or so, and yeah. with all the stoppages and the weirdness that's gone on in the world. Um, and hockey really wasn't big, the main focus of our lives, no. or, or even the side focus for a long that's time. True. So once again, everybody listening and taking the time to respond to us on social media. Yep. And checking us out and giving us a half hour to 40 minutes to an hour, whatever. This one's about an hour and 15 minutes long wow. uh, of your time. It does mean a lot to me and Chris. That yeah, you guys, it's fun. You guys listen to us talk about hockey and give us feedback. And we get to do fun, cool stuff with cool people. So that's we do. That's the main thing we like to do. So. I mean, let's, while we're talking about as we wind down the season, thank you to everyone who came on the podcast this year. Donnie Fandango. Um um, I mean, honestly, this year was a little uh, scant on the guest. Yeah. Because, just because we were just very busy. Was just uh, one of those obviously, it goes without saying that my sincere uh, gratitude and fanboyness to Craig Janney for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, it's That's probably a highlight of not only life. you. Yeah, for you, definitely just, uh, like I said, like one of the defining moments of like being a kid where it got you into it, where obviously Brett Hall is the main for me, sure. obviously. But has, seeing that goal that Craig Janney scored and you're yeah. like, the guy's talking to me and yeah. acknowledging that I'm here. You He's know, a good like, dude, man. You know, it's, you know, he, weird. He, uh, it's weird. I really hope. And look, if there's one thing that we can accomplish, and I don't know if we have to spearhead this or not, but damn it, we need to get Craig Jenny in the alumni game for the Winter Classic. Whether it's this New Year's Eve or next New Year's Eve, whenever, they whenever do, it is, we need number 15 back on the ice. I think, well, I think well, that should be a thing next year. If, if they do it next year, look for uh, – Look for our GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, Look for like, a uh, change.org, <laughs> change.org or whatever. Change.org, whatever we need to do. We'll figure out something, yeah, because yeah, not only is a super nice guy, just gave us, you know, just willing to do whatever. Yeah. Like, he was, like, wanting to do just a little behind-the-scenes super quick. We were going to do, like, a thing with Craig Janney for the playoffs. Yep. And Which he was just, totally down for, just but some he's, stuff came up and he's doing work stuff and would have been a conflict of interest, and I and, understand that. And so but. we had to just pull the plug on it, which kind of sucks, but hopefully we'll get to do something cool again. And uh, once again, this, uh, the last one we will say thank you to is Brooke Royal for letting us use Bleed Blue. As always. Uh, just always super nice dudes. I know they finished mixing everything, yep. so the music is done. Yep. Waiting on Jack and Bond and all the guys to um, put it out there. So once they get it out there, and I know I've talked to Jack a little bit, mm. and I know you can talk to Bond. And we'll have them on the show. Talk some blues hockey. Talk the new music. Yeah. And uh, thank oh thank you to Riz and Patrico for doing part of the uh, part of the, the uh, pick em contest. Pick em contest. So yeah. So it'll be really fun a lot to, to do all that stuff. So uh, we've got a couple more things. We got some stuff planned. 
we're like I talked about, we'll be on some other podcast. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll be hearing from we'll us. We'll have a goofy ass uh, YouTube video here. tomorrow. Yeah, showing you who we're throwing our support behind for the remainder of the playoffs. Yes, check that out on YouTube's and social media. So once again, thank you guys, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. See ya.